Welcome to the Panjiva Daily. We bring you data-driven insights into global trade events and a review of our recent research. I'm Chris Rogers, Panjiva's trade analyst, and here's what's on for June the 8th. The outcome of the UK elections today is uncertain, and it matters for the Brexit trade deal process. We run through four scenarios to consider. Also, Maersk's financial office offer is born of lower debt than its peers, and we take a first look at US imports in May. Let's get started with the outcome of today's British general election, which is far from clear. The polling lead of the ruling Conservative Party has been slashed since the elections were called. The outcome will have a significant effect on Brexit trade negotiations. We'd see four scenarios to consider, including, first, a bigger Conservative majority than currently, that increases the likelihood of a trade deal only, also known as a hard Brexit, or no deal at all. Second, a smaller majority for the Conservatives may make the final passage of any deal more complex, but probably more pro-European. Third, the loss of a Conservative majority, and therefore coalition government, increases the chances firstly of a Scottish exit referendum if they have to team up with the SNP, and a much more pro-European outcome whether they sign with the SNP or the Liberal Democrats. The fourth option is that there may be an opposition-led coalition. Now, that's fairly unlikely at the moment, but if it does occur and we end up with a Labour-led government, it's more likely that Brexit will result in a Norway-slash-Switzerland-type model in the future. All but the first outcome would require a reset in the UK negotiating position. In any event, a recent European Court of Justice decision means that the new government, whatever its complexion, will need to lobby individual EU states to get a deal done. Our analysis shows that Belgium and the Netherlands may be the most sensible targets initially. Staying with politics, but on the other side of the pond, President Donald Trump appears to have previewed the results of the Commerce Department's Section 232 review of the steel industry and has made a vow to, quote, stop the dumping. The review is due to report recommendations at the end of June, but a sense of urgency is unsurprising. US steel imports climbed 60% on a year earlier in dollar terms in April. That was the sixth straight month of growth, our data shows. Additionally, seaborne shipments likely increased by nearly 20% in May. Growth has been led by shipments from Russia, Canada, Mexico and other smaller countries. What remains to be seen is whether the Commerce Department recommends a broad-based ban or restrictions on imports or whether specific trade cases are launched. On a related topic, Asian electronics and appliance manufacturers may be close to setting up factories in the US. That's likely to be a response to continued tariff pressure, among other reasons. Sharp and Foxconn are close to building a TV factory for production from 2018, Nikkei reports, while Samsung Electronics may set up a household appliance facility. The latter follows the launch at the end of May of a broad trade case petition by competitor Whirlpool regarding washing machines. Our data shows that Samsung has regularly moved production of US-bound washing machines over the past eight years. While its total exports to the US fell by more than 10% in the past year to May 31st, imports from Vietnam and Thailand reached 80% of the total in the last three months compared to zero a year earlier. Moving on to economics now, but staying firmly in the realm of politics, China's trade expanded for a seventh straight month in May. Export growth of 9% and 
and an import expansion of 15% in dollar terms both outpaced economists' expectations. It should be noted, though, that the rate of import growth is slowing, and may fall further given the recent worsening of the purchasing manager's outlook. Export growth, meanwhile, is increasingly reliant on the US and the European Union, with a 14% and 10% increase respectively. That compares to growth in shipments of just 7% to ASEAN countries and a 10% drop to Hong Kong. The increase in US-bound exports took the 12-month trailing trade surplus with it to nearly $260 billion, that's the highest since March of 2016. That may prove inconvenient during the remainder of the two countries' 100-day plan discussions. Across the Pacific, but looking a month earlier, Australian exports continued their onward march in April, but saw a slowdown to 18% growth from 29% a month earlier. That resulted in a trade surplus that was just one quarter the level expected by economists. Exports to China increased by 7%, despite a slowdown in coal sales as a result of higher gold and iron ore shipments. US-bound exports, meanwhile, increased by just 1% in April and may have dropped by a fifth in May, our data shows. The broader slowdown in Australian exports in April was the result of Cyclone Debbie cutting coal exports by nearly 40% on a year earlier in dollar terms. Shipments of coal to China, as I just mentioned, fell by nearly 60%, though sales to Taiwan actually increased. The good news is that the commodity nature of coal should mean that Australian suppliers can rapidly rebuild their market share once infrastructure repairs are completed. Also in April, French export growth continued for a second month with a 3% rise. That was slightly better than economists' forecasts, as the deficit was slightly narrower than they'd expected. A fall in aerospace and automotive exports was to blame for the slowdown in the rise in exports. Shipments to the US increased, though our preliminary data for May shows this may have ground to a halt. The vagaries of schedules in the aerospace delivery industry likely means that China-bound exports dropped by 10% in April, but may have turned around to a marked increase in May. In any event, French managers' optimism about exports remains close to six-year highs. Changing gear now to logistics, Maerskline will expand its trade finance product from a pilot trial in countries including India to a full rollout including the US. While broadening its product offering to versus its competitors, it does take Maersk into competition with the banks. Maersk's debt ratios are lower, and hence its ability to offer financial products better than its peers. Our analysis shows that its debt-to-capital ratio of 27% in the first quarter is well below the industry average of 50%, and is certainly below both Hapag Lloyd and CMA CGM in Europe. Its credit rating of triple B with Standard & Poor's is also better than its competitors, though all the major credit rating companies have a negative outlook for the industry more broadly. That negative outlook, though, should be set in the context of a 6% recovery in revenues that was seen in the first quarter of this year for the container lines in total. Finally, we've published our proprietary monthly first look at US trade. This comes out nearly three weeks before preliminary deficit figures from the government, and here's a quick overview. The US import boom showed no signs of letting up in May. Our data shows that seaborne shipments increased by 4% on a year earlier. That was the third straight month of growth and may lead to continued expansion in the trade deficit. India led the way, with a 16% jump in shipments to the US, while imports from China climbed by 7%. As mentioned earlier, that may prove contentious 
given that May's trade data will be published just 10 days before the 100-day consultation period between the US and Chinese governments end. Among tariff-sensitive sectors, automotive imports jumped by more than a fifth, despite a slowdown in auto sales. Steel volumes, meanwhile, improved by nearly a fifth, with shippers appearing to try and preempt the result of the Section 232 review that I referred to earlier on. At the current rate, total US imports for 2017 could rise by around 3% to hit a new high of 11.5 million shipments. If you'd like more details on those reports or find out more about Pangeva research, just head over to pangeva.com. Thank you very much for listening.